The following program, The Kitchen Table Progressives, is sponsored by The Kitchen Table Progressives and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management. Welcome to Kitchen Table Progressive. Paul Richardson here, inviting you to join us around the table for an hour of casual conversation on law, civics, and politics, driving the current issues where the menu is progressive and the table manners, well, if we have any manners, uh, they're unapologetically liberal. Uh, joining me as co host this week, Krista Gardner. And on the program, another bad week in court for Trump. Oh, boy, this guy just can't get a break, can he? Uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer fellow, could it? Uh, the Trump Organization CFO, the chief chief uh, financial officer, may be guilty of perjury in this, uh, you know, it's hard to keep up, the business fraud case, the one where Trump has uh, been already found guilty by the judge of, of, of fraud. I mean, just violating all kinds of regulations, on uh, financial regulations. But this, the, the chief financial officer, uh, Alan Weisselberg, has already spent time in jail uh, for things that he did that were illegal. I mean, he was found guilty. And then he testified uh, cooperatively, supposedly, in this case, but may have lied. And uh, so in this, uh, the, uh, Judge Engeron has kind of put a, uh, uh, he's delayed his ruling on how much Trump will have to pay uh, Letitia James, New York uh, Attorney General, is uh, asking for $370 million in penalties, but Judge Engron is was going to give his ruling uh, at the end of January, but he's kind of put it off. Uh, I think he wants to see, or if that's the analysts think that he might want to review or reassess Alan Weiselberg's testimony to see if he lied in to the judge in this case. And if he did, oh boy, judges don't like that. And uh, that could be uh, $370 million on top of the, let's see, he owes $83.3 million to, uh, plus another $5 million. So it's $88.3 million, about $90 million to, um, to uh, E. Jean Carroll. And on top of $370 million, oh, yeah, that could be about, what, $480 million, almost half a billion dollars. If he says he's got it, you know, he's got it. They get a billionaire time, many times over. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, anyway. But the big story this week seems to be Taylor Swift is the queen bee in the bonnet of the right wing. She's driving them absolutely crazy. And to give us uh, uh, the take on it is our, uh, uh, let's bring in uh, Krista in. She is the, the pop culture expert and analyst here. Krista, what do you make of all this? What's going on with Taylor Swift and the right wing? Can you help us understand that? Yes, it's really, really fascinating. First of all, what they're saying and what they've been saying this week is that Taylor Swift is a government psyop to swing voters. Because according to recent research, approximately 20% of people that follow her say that her endorsement matters. And so that threatens the right 
because 20% is, is especially the young kids, that's mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, those that are like 18 that are starting to vote. So, mm-hmm. um, and also look at there's soccer moms that love her. Um, there's parents that love her, uh, she, her music really, um, she comes from a genuine place. She's pretty relatable when you listen to her music. Um, she writes a lot of, you know, love songs, things about, you know, what goes on in her life. And she's really about human rights. She's also an, an advocate for animals. Who doesn't love that? And she also has that image where, you know, she's sexy, but she's not like over the top. Right. As a matter uh-huh. of fact, she just dethroned Kim Kardashian. I was like, finally, somebody dethrones Kim Kardashian. Because Kim Kardashian was the person everybody looked up to for fashion tips. And, you know, looking into her life and, you know, wanting to kind of be like Kim Kardashian. Nowadays, people are actually actually um, looking up to Taylor Swift because there's just so much to her personality so much to her as a genuine loving person and that threatens the right 100 percent. yeah yeah well i it seems like um if she's the threat there this week it seems it seems like last sunday in the you know the nfc uh the football game that seems like a month ago but um the fact that the the kansas city chiefs are now in the super bowl and and the um san francisco 49ers uh the threat that she might be is they made that they made her that this week. I mean, I wasn't thinking, remember it. Okay. Let's go back on January the 7th. That was just not even a month ago. We started, you and I started and we were just supposing what is Taylor Swift's influence? Does she even have any, right? Well, I, I'm not aware that she's done anything to kind of explore that. I have influence and power. She hasn't done anything. Thing to, as you say, I mean, she's uh, she seems to be a very pretty level-headed woman who oh, is yeah. doing her career, and people like her music. And uh, but as soon as the can, it's kind of like as soon as the Kansas City Chiefs get in the Super Bowl, it's not that they've been there already. I know three, three of the last four years. Does anybody? Why are why are they different than any other dynasty like the Patriots or? And it, but they're there again. It's everyone expected. They, they certainly had a chance to be there. And the fact that she is dating somebody on the team. So, um, who was she supposed to date? Some, some nobody. You know, I mean, I mean, that's there's no, nothing. There's wrong with that. There's a lot of people, a, a lot of rock stars you, you don't have never heard of, or, or pop music stars you've never, you don't know their, you don't know who their spouse is. That's that's fine. But the fact that she's dating a, a football player. Um, let's put it this way. In terms of finances, uh, I think she wears the pants in that relationship. She's got right. the money. <laughs> you know, and if he's willing, you know, if he's not threatened by that, I mean, he makes a decent amount of money, but he's not threatened by that, that she makes a whole ton more money than he does. It's like he, he she makes as much as like the whole team. Uh, so they just go crazy because now this means, now what we hear, she's a psyop. And she's signed up, but like the Pentagon is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She's a government spy for the Chinese. I mean, there's so uh-huh. much. Well, yeah, there's and, so much. And I have to, I have to think that. Um, I, I have to think there's quite a few. I, I, I don't know. Republic, let's just say even people who would who would be Trumpers 
who like her music too. It's not just liberals. Lots of people oh, yeah. like her music. When you got when you got when you are worth a billion three, that means a lot of people have heard your music and they like it. Right. It's not just it's you're not just a liberal. There's not enough liberals to go that far. So she started out in country. So yeah, that's right. something that you're not know, 15 years old. So yeah, and of course there was a you know there's a lot of Republicans that like country music, and they sure. thought she was one of them, and she's not. And that made them angry. Oh, yeah. because you play country music, or you did, then you're supposed to bend to our values, our country music values, <laughs> right? Which are traditional, I'm the man, and um, it, um, <laughs> do you remember, the, I just thought of this, do, do you remember, the, I think it was, um, it was the Ponderosa Steakhouse commercial where... Uh, the gal drives up in a pickup truck in her cowboy hat. You go, Travis, you going to take me out to Ponderosa or not? You know, she's like, <laughs> it was like, she's like, it was, yeah, it was really funny. Um, but I, I know what you mean about like now about her being, she seems very sensible. Uh, I've only seen, I saw the interview that was it with her parents where she was talking and she was sort of tearful. I mean, she was talking about, her feelings about a lot of those things that you mentioned, women's mm-hmm. issues, and mm-hmm. and I just thought, well, that's a very genuine, sincere person. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not big on on country music. I, I, I I've listened to a couple of her songs, and I think, okay, I'm neither one way or another about it musically. Uh, that's not the point. Right. That's right. really not the point. I'm sort of uh, sort of oddball about music. I mean, I'm a I'm an old time progressive rock guy from the you know the seventies, the sixties, and seventies mostly. But uh, so uh, I just thought, okay, that's that's fine. Um, it, 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 it people like it, and I think one of the things you said, or, or what did I read, is that you know her lyrics seem to appeal to young people, yes. young females in particular. It's, they're about well, that's good. Um, so I mean, for instance, I have always been attracted to kind of. You know, um, obscure um, lyrics that are kind of, ooh, what does that mean? But uh, just good old love song lyrics are just fine. They've, they've, and that's what people can relate to. And that's why she's selling. I can't see anything wrong with her. Uh, she's sincere. And just because she's sincere about uh, her values, which happen to be different than somebody else's, Who's more conservative? I don't, you know, like uh, I think I read something. You know, that doesn't give you a right to trash her. Uh, I mean, you have a right to do whatever. You have a right to have your opinion, but uh, um, that this that this is going to make a difference. If it makes a difference in the election, it's because Republicans started that. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, she's been around for a very long time. I remember when my daughter, my daughter's now twenty three. And this was, would have been about maybe 11 years ago when my daughter was really, you know, on the Taylor Swift bandwagon when Taylor Swift was more country. Taylor Swift had tennis shoes. I mean, she's been out. She's been around for such a long time. But now they're jumping on her. Um, and it's just so bizarre because she just has an enormous group of fans. But also, I, I also believe this. She has admitted, you know, that she's Christian. Yep. And they go by their, you know, quote unquote Christian values. And she's um, vocalized and said that from 
what she um, knows regarding specifically, I believe she talked about Marsha Blackburn. Yeah. That Marsha Blackburn, you know, talks about how she has these Christian values and everything that Marsha Blackburn has ever said is against Christian values just in general. And I think that with especially the Republicans, that the, the white Republicans, you have a beautiful blonde woman who's very independent and they feel betrayed that she's not part of them. You know, somebody who's making a lot of money, um, somebody who has power, they feel betrayed. Like, why isn't she on our side? It's bizarre. Well, I mean, in terms of Christian values, whatever that means, um, I want to get into that a little bit more, maybe uh, after, after we, uh, in second segment, but, uh, Okay, Marsha Blackburn can have her Christian values. Who's to say what your Christian values ought to be? I mean, mm-hmm. in other words, is anybody who's going around saying, I'm a, I'm a better Christian than you are? As a matter of fact, uh, I'm speaking to certain listeners who know this. Donald Trump said, and um, Krista, you remember this, because Norm used to play this script mm-hmm. all the time. He said, I'm a great Christian, and I yeah. am. Yeah. He said, now, now, for those of you who are Christians, when you say, I'm a great Christian, and you finish it up with, and I am, when you say, I am, Christian people out there, you know what he means, right? He means, I'm God. Of course, Trump doesn't know that. But that's what, that comes from the Exodus chapter 3, when, uh, uh, when um, talking to the burning bush, uh, Moses said, who are you? And he said, who should I tell the people you are? And the burning bush says, just tell them I am. Mm-hmm. That's God speaking. And then Jesus in, in gospel, in John's gospel, is the seven I am statements of Jesus, which is he's telling you I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I am, I am, the I am statements mean he's saying he's God. He's saying I am. And so when Donald Trump said, I'm a great Christian and I am, he doesn't even know that, but he's blaspheming. And yet, the right wing they don't they don't react to that that he's blaspheming, but they can tell uh, Taylor Swift you're not you're not the you're, you're not a good enough Christian for us. Or the fact that you're blonde and beautiful means you should if you were a good blonde beautiful white girl you would be subordinate to us. You would knuckle under to our male. Uh, dominant values, right? Is that what they're basically saying? Oh, yeah. But, you know, can I tell you, Paul, there's so much conspiracy behind Taylor Swift. Like, I'll give you another example. I have a very good friend. She's my best friend, and she's changed. And I know you've all had those friends that, you know, you've all grew up and you were all the same, and then all of a sudden they sway. She's a conspiracy theorist. She sent me videos. Hold hold that. Okay. Hold that thought. We're going to go into the break here, and we'll hear oh, that. Seriously. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back uh, with a Conspiracy Theory that Christian will tell us in just two minutes and two seconds. We'll be right back. Uh, Paul Richardson, along with Chris Gardner, back here on Kitchen Table Progressive. And as we went into break, Krista was just about to relate uh, to us 
a story or some kind of conspiracy theory. What was yes. it? So, so my friend, uh, yeah, my friend sent me a video, and she said that Taylor Swift is actually cloned, and she sent me a video from the '80s, and it was some type of a Barbie commercial where this adult woman was talking about Barbie. She said, "See, Taylor Swift is not the Taylor Swift that we think. She's a clone." And so there's these conspiracies that these people aren't real, that they're lizards, that there's clones. I've also yeah. heard. That Taylor Swift is into witchcraft. That's why she's so popular right now. And people <laughs> are under a spell because yeah. she's been drinking blood, you know? And so okay. there's so much going on about that poor lady. I do feel really bad for her. It's crazy yeah. stuff. Well, I, I, I'm thinking that uh, for being cloned and not being real and being a witch and drinking blood, <laughs> yeah. she sure they sure are threatened by her. I mean, they it's just like they are scared as if uh, 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 you know, they really are freaked out by zombies. I mean, they're, they're, all of these things... Uh, okay, discredit her as you will. You're still terrified of her. <laughs> so of course. Like, uh, anyway, um, you, you know what I was thinking? Uh, I'll get, get to your calls in just a second here. What the threat, how Taylor Swift could just absolutely sink this entire Trump candidacy. And this could be done, uh, oh, I don't know, May, June, you know, going into... Uh, when it gets critical, is if she would just release her tax returns <laughs> and then say, okay, big fella, let's see if you're a billionaire. I mean, it's your third election that you haven't released your tax returns. And I know you're going to say, well, they're under audit. And we, we understand that because you are a criminal. No, no kidding. You're a fraudster. Your tax returns should be under audit. We understand that. But Let's see if you really are a billionaire because we got a young woman here who is a self-made billionaire. She didn't mm-hmm. get anything from her parents. She mm-hmm. sold it, her own product, all by herself and didn't have any all kinds of uh, uh, help from her parents, who I think are just middle-class people, and, uh, and she didn't get it from her father. And she didn't also go bankrupt five times in the casino business, which is uh, honestly, that's mind-boggling alone that you, you could the casino could go broke, could go broke. Uh, right. Somebody's that's just crazy. Okay, well let's get to calls. Okay, let's go to um, Jim. Jim is up first. Jim, what's going on? How, how's it going? Hi, Paul. And your guest is terrific. I, I was I was ahead of the story. I called the Republican station in Chicago. And I said, move over George Soros. That's their boogeyman in the, in the grand old party. They think George Soros is pulling all the strings. I said, now you got Taylor Swift to contend uh, with. So you, you can forget about George Soros. You got a more dangerous person, Taylor Swift. Yeah. I, I, I went to the library. Listen to this. I go to the library and I used to pick a you know, potluck, pick a couple of books. And I end up in the Trump section. There's, you know, there's lines of books on Trump, but I'm like, my God, is this insane? So, so anyway, I picked up a book, uh, The Russian Roulette, by David Korn. Mm-hmm. He talks about how Trump, Jerry Kushner, his son, Manafort, every time the Russians came up to his tower with some dirt on Clinton, I right, tell us what is it? What is it? What is it? You know, this was constant. You know, 
how the Russians right. the Russians were really weighing in on the election because you know why Putin hated Clinton. Clinton did one thing, and plus he wanted to just disrupt the election. Right. But Trump, but Trump, when he was in Russia, he was doing the. Uh, the uh, the the, the uh, universe lady universe contest. He was sitting in the back of the stage, and he's going, "I wonder if Putin is Putin supposed to show up and say hi to me." Putin doesn't show up, so Trump says, "Oh, just say he showed up." You know, get him a press release that he just showed up. <laughs> right. And he, and he does the same thing to the president of Ukraine. Don't, you don't have to say that you've got third at Biden. Just say you're investigating them. You know, right. And he goes on with this. Well, this yeah, is a canary yeah. he uses. This is a canary yeah. he uses all over the country. He did it with the Olympic collectors. Right. Just say your machine was screwed up. Just say uh, just say anything. Anything to throw confusion. Right. But I don't think he can win, Paul. Do you think? I don't think he can possibly win. Well, if he can, if he can win I'll tell from you the right. whole... Yeah, if, if he can win from from the hole he's standing in, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's got more than we think. But it's like, you know, th- what they say is when you're in a hole, stop digging, right? Stop digging. Um, but he keeps doing it. No. Yeah. No. By the way, you know, did you know that? Yeah. The, Go ahead, Paul. Trump was not Trump was not impeached for telling uh, the Ukrainians to or, or uh, sorry. Uh, Ukrainian uh, president, uh, yeah, uh, he, he was not impeached for telling him to find dirt on Biden. He was, and actually, constitutionally, that's okay. The president can actually negotiate uh, foreign aid um, before he right, distributes right. it. He, he can say, you know, and that's why they accused Biden of, well, you said uh, they weren't going to get the aid until they cleaned up their corruption. Yes, the president and the administration could do that. What he was impeached for was breaking the law. What he did is he violated the Congressional Budget and Impoundment Act by taking money from Congress and saying he was going to distribute it, and he never did, and he never applied for an extension, and he just pocketed it, and then he dangled it in front of uh yeah, that's what he did. That's why he was impeached. That was the law that he wrote. I know. Anyway. I know. But, he, but a lot of callers will call up and say, well, Michigan uh, is going to go for Trump. And I'm like, and I've heard yeah. you say this. You, I, think, I thought I, I thought you were had the, you had the uh, testimony on this in Michigan. I thought you had Michigan done pretty good. I mean, you've got a great governor there. Yeah. I think Michigan's going to go for Biden. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you something about Michigan. Michigan, uh, the P- Republican Party in Michigan is non-existent. They are hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars in arrears of unpaid bills. They closed the heart, the party headquarters because uh, they couldn't keep it up, and they didn't even pay the electric bill. And what happened was. If you don't do that, they shut off the electricity, and then the electronic locks in the building fail. And so homeless people were just going in there hanging out in the Republican. Uh, you know, well, I mean, there couldn't be nicer people, too. Yeah, the Michigan the Michigan Republican Party is bankrupt from that because who they elected as the head of the party, Christina Caramo, who lost her bid for secretary of state by 17 points. Well, the first thing you do is make her head of the party when you get, when you get creamed that bad, right? You make her the head of the party, and she what, has driven it into the ground. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I've heard callers say that. But it's, it's just amazing to me. 
a couple of things. First of all, Biden got about 81 million votes. I think he's going to get the same amount of votes and the same because I keep, Biden, I think, is even more spectacular in my mind than I ever realized. I mean, the economy is jets ahead. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, in this abortion issue, I don't think anybody's going to, they got to get that out front. Right. And then, and then as it goes in, Trump is going to just uh, emoliate, he's just going to emoliate by July. I mean, how many, how many court cases, how many times can you be in court? Uh, uh, he is, Paul. Yeah, every day for him. It's, it's going to get worse. This week's going to get worse. So. Okay, Jim, thank you. I, I want to get to that. Thanks, thanks, Paul. Yeah, I know. I sure. know. Paul, okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jim. And uh, let's get Karen in real quick. Karen, it's the uh, one of the hosts of True Boo Politics Podcast. Uh, Karen from Chicago. Hello, Karen. Hey, Paul. Hey, Krista. Hi, Karen. <laughs> I tell oh, you what. Oh, look, I was, look, at, I look at this. The- <laughs> yeah. Look at this. What mama going to say about this right <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i can't wait to tell her all about it um i have to say krista i so I'm, i turn on the radio and i'm like i know that voice hilarious <laughs> 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 it is so fantastic to hear you and um i just wanted to say i listen i just want y'all to know it's it's baby blood that witches drink. Oh, right. So, that's right. Yeah. And Democrats, too. Um, but, yeah, you know, Michigan, I mean, what a, the GOP there with the two um, different, they can't even decide the leadership. Right. Yep. You know, and, you know, as far as President Biden, you know, he, and the media is failing again. They're they're not doing their job to tell of all the great wins. Um, I loved watching Fox um, just like going crazy over the um, the uh, economic report real time. Um, and then you know, but as far as Michigan, um, going back to Michigan. Um, Governor Whitmer is doing a phenomenal job. She is. Fixing the roads there. I remember many years ago when the other guy that uh, poisoned the water, um, driving through there was horrible. The roads were in such disarray. And I was like, yeah, this is a Republican governor. This is what they get. Um, So I'm so happy that Michigan has some uh, competent leaders that are delivering yeah. for the people. And as far as Trump is concerned, he's not winning anybody new. No. So I don't see a path for him winning. Having said that, we can't take anything for granted. Everybody needs to focus and make sure that they get people out to vote. And I do think that abortion is going to be the issue this time. Well, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Now that they they're the they're the dog that caught the bus. I mean, they 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 got they got a mouthful of tailpipe and they're kind of choking on it. I I, I think you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just yep. it is really. I wish there was. Yeah, I really got to stop that analogy. Dog who caught the bus. That's that's bad for the dog. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think yeah. that I think I think that you're right in Michigan. It's going to get. They're going to do better. They're going to get uh, increase their their um, majority in both chambers of the legislature, 
And Gretchen Whitmer, I think, is going to turn out in four years, actually. I think she's going to emerge as a very, very strong uh, front runner in, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Democratic Party. When she, I, I think she will decide to run. She's young. She's young. She's attractive. Mm-hmm. She's got all of these things that the Republicans hate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, that just, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and you know what else, Paul? I, so I was talking to our friend Anita earlier. Because um, I was watching Ali Velshi, and he had um, Jasmine Crockett on. Let me just say, she is a rock star when it comes to messaging. And so Ali was kind of joking around. He said, I'm going to get um, Biden-Harris campaign on the phone because you need to be out there messaging for them. And I think that she needs to be the keynote speaker at the DNC. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to pay more attention. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I me don't. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that's that's good. That's good news. Uh, they have so many people mm-hmm. they could uh, have be keynote mm-hmm. speakers. They, I think they're going to have so many people lined up. It's just going to be one. You know, it's like sending you know batters to the plate. It's like, oh, who do you, who can you pitch around? You can't. You just you got to pitch to them all. Mm-hmm. And they will. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what they're. You know, it's not like you you can't walk anybody. Um, you just, and that's what's driving them crazy because they have a criminal and a crook. And by the way, Donald Trump and I, I want to make this. I want to make this this question. Um, mm-hmm. I think for a long time I was the only person who argued that no, O.J. Simpson was not guilty of murder. He was found in. He was found not guilty. Okay, I, and people said, "Oh no, he's guilty." And I thought, "Okay, okay, he is." I, I, okay, he, and then he was found civilly liable for wrongful death. Does anybody believe? That O.J. Simpson did not kill Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Okay, well then, no. if you can say that he, if you can say that O.J. Simpson is a murderer, he at least survived a criminal trial. Donald mm-hmm. Trump didn't. So, does anybody really believe that Donald Trump did not rape Eugene Carroll? I can't imagine that anybody, but especially the way he acted, just like an abuser would, defaming yeah. her in, mm-hmm. constantly, 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 and then flipping off the jury in the old courtroom by storming out and interrupting. Okay, we know who he is, mm-hmm. and he knows who he is, and 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 uh, and so a whole bunch of supposed Christians say, "Yeah, rapist is okay with me." Oh, <laughs> right. okay. Well, I mean, seriously, it is just to laugh when they equate Donald Trump and put him up as some sort of a deity. Okay, he was raw dogging a porn star while his wife was recovering from giving birth. Right. You know, I mean, come on. And and how about the golden statue of Trump at the CPAC conventions? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's just, yeah, well, the, wait a minute. What happened to idol worship? You're not supposed to do that. I mean, now they're right. not at they got to go. Well, he was, they put it in the sh- him in the shape of a golden calf. It was the on all fours or something. I mean. That would have been. <laughs> well, you know, Paul, can I answer no, that question? No, I think question? it was Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
Go ahead, Krista. I wanted to answer that question for you um, regarding, you know, idol worship and all that. Because, you know, I go to church, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I stopped, I love, I do, I will say I do love my pastor, but I didn't think it was right that he was getting political because I don't go to church Mm -hmm. um, for politics. But the one thing he would always tout is it is important to vote, just like I told you before, which candidate aligns more with your morals. So there are certain mm-hmm. churches, you know, Catholic churches, there's Christian churches, where even if they don't like Trump, they're either not going to vote or they're going to vote for him because he aligns more with, you know, the religious um, viewpoint. When it's Specifically when it comes to abortion, that's the big thing for Catholics is mm-hmm. abortion. And if they can't stand him, they're still either going to vote for him or they're just going to sit it out. And that's what's unfair. There shouldn't be any priests or pastors going up there manipulating people and telling them how to vote. Yeah, That's not I, right. I, and it happens yeah, I, I in churches agree. all I agree. over. And when I go to church, I don't want to hear uh, politics, even politics that I agree with. It's church, and I don't yeah, want to hear I, I don't want to hear about that. But, do you know, the whole... I'll have to mm-hmm. do a segment on that, because we're going to run up against the clock here, but um, the whole abortion uh, issue actually came out of the Reformation. This mm-hmm. is when, the, mm-hmm. because the, actually this reformist, this reformationist mentality is the Reformation uh, was uh, speaking out against the, what we call the church, or it is now called the Catholic Church. And what they mm-hmm. did was they came up with anything and everything they could think of to go, uh, just, if the, if the church says white, they say black. If the church says black, they say white. That's what the Republicans do now, is just to create a controversy. Uh-huh. And since the uh, abortion was one of the things in the 16th century, because there had never been a controversy about abortion ever before. Uh, from the, it, And basically, uh, Justice Harry Blackman did a, 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 a dissertation. He wrote a, he wrote a thesis on the history of abortion when he, made, when he wrote the... Um, the majority opinion in Roe versus Wade, and up until it was only in uh, after the Civil War here in the United States that abortion started to become uh, con- there was a concern about it because of infection, because they knew from the war that invasive procedures can cause infection. But by the turn of the 20th century, it was actually still safer to have an abortion than it was to have a baby. It's very dangerous for women to have a baby. It's uh, women have died mm-hmm. in childbirth uh, throughout time. But that all came up as a as part of this uh, anti anti church, really anti Catholic church. Um, the Reformation was against anything that and the church didn't have an edict about abortion, and actually till about the eighteen hundreds when they became pro so pro so pro, mm-hmm. so called pro life. But uh, and so they go, they jump mm-hmm. on that they don't even know where their beliefs come from. They honestly don't know. Uh, and if you start mm-hmm. talking to somebody about the Bible, about verses, and I'm pretty well versed in the Bible, uh, they just back right off because they don't know it. They don't know what they're. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk well, about, and, and you, know, you know, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, sorry, Paul. No, what I was going to say too is that the Republican Party was actually pro-abortion before Barbara Bush was mm-hmm. on the board of yeah. directors for yep. Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so, right. I mean, and, and the whole notion, though, as far as the Republican Party being aligned with Christian values, you know, John saying calls up all the time. Literally right. what's happening at the border is a Christmas story. Yeah. And what did these Republicans do? They went down to the border to create their political theater on Christmas. 
to make sure Jesus couldn't get into Egypt. They put up a <laughs> yes. Jesus, no, go back and let Herod kill you. That's what I mean. Yeah, they and there's all throughout the Old Testament. Be kind to the foreigner. You were once a stranger in a foreign land. That's mm-hmm. just. And, and now it's like, no, you're here now. Nobody else can come in. Nobody else can, can have any opportunities. Just you. That, yeah, that's, that's the Republican mm-hmm. attitude. As if, I think yeah. they're mostly uh, kind of angry with themselves because they don't have, uh, you know, they're enough personal initiative to, um, you know, to, to make their own lives better. It's everybody else is to blame. And you can see the people. Look at the color of their skin. Those are the ones mm-hmm. who are to blame for my misfortune and blah, blah, blah. Okay, we are going to take one more break, and then we will be back uh, to finish up here on Kitchen Table Progressive. We will be back in two minutes. Thank you, Karen. We will talk soon. Uh, Paul Richardson here, along with Krista Gardner, finishing up here on a Sunday evening on Kitchen Table Progressive here on AM 820 WCPT, Chicago's Progressive Talk. And uh, so we were talking over the break. Now, Krista, uh, tell us what you were saying about what the Republicans are afraid of about uh, about Taylor Swift. What's she going to do? So I was reading that she's poised to endorse Biden at the 50-yard line at halftime, the Super Bowl. Really? That, that's so, be, it, they're, they're afraid of this, that this is the whole halftime. And now here's Taylor Swift to endorse President Biden. Is that what? Yep. <coughs> yep. And, you know, Caller Jim was talking about George Soros. I wanted to say that um, I also read in different articles that they consider Taylor Swift a George Soros plant. So that's interesting because she all of a sudden became a plant, but was she a plant when she was 15? So it's just bizarre, you know, their reasoning and their logic. And, and, and uh, wait, I mean, I don't know how much money he has, but I don't think Taylor Swift is a plant for anybody. I don't either. She exactly. Doesn't be, she doesn't need to be anybody's plant. I don't think that anybody who is self-made is going to be anybody's shill. I, I just don't see her, and I really don't see... Um, first of all, the fact that she seems like such a sensible woman and, a, a, like you said, genuine, real, and obviously has uh, is able to hold on to her money and ha- it's well managed. She probably has a lot of professionals managing her money. Um, that she, she's not she's not just dumb, and she, she knows how to she knows how to. I think this is what is really bugs them is that she is that competent that. They're not. I think it comes down to what we were really talking about at the very beginning, which is that they can't tell her what to do. Right. And um, you know that's that, that's part of it. And it's also the Republican Party and their male dominance. And that that I think the men in the Republican Party, because the Trump men are so insecure, that a woman like this threatens them terribly. And uh, so this, I want to tell you this this part. So this has to do with um, how they're all wiped out about uh, race and gender. And um, I mean, Nikki Haley said, "You see, her said, well, Obama was the one that started all the divisiveness. Before that, there was, you know, there was no uh, ever. It, it wasn't. Not, then it was, it was all about gender and race. And it's like, you mean after you, 
you guys went out of your minds about everybody's gender and their race. I mean, nobody was nobody who was becoming deciding to become transgender or or, or, or acknowledging their race. Nobody nobody was shoving that down anybody's throat. It's just the people. That said, and when we started objecting to it, then it just became so divisive. It's like, mm-hmm. uh huh. You know, it's like that. See, you see, Krista, it's all your fault. I mean, yeah. <laughs> do you have to say that you're half black? I mean, really, right. come on. You're just being so divided. Why can't you just ignore that part? You're half white. Can't you just talk about that? I mean, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, that's the. I mean, but really, look at look at what happened since. Um, okay, during the what started the era, the Jim Crow era, what we know as the Jim Crow political era was a case in the Supreme Court called Plessy versus Ferguson in. 1896, and this had to do with a man by the name of Homer Plessy, who was, by the way, what they call an octoroon. He was one eighth African American. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, his one of his great grandparents was black, and that's what they called an octoroon. And if you were an octoroon, or if the state decided you were an octoroon, well, then you were just as good as black. Okay, so they had you had to sit on a black car in the train, and he right. intentionally so he intentionally said, no, I'm not doing it. Just to, just to set this case up, and the court ruled eight to, eight, eight to one. No, it was seven to one. Uh, there was one justice not there. So, uh, ruled seven to one that, yes, the state could do that. In other words, the state, let's just think about this. The state can tell you what your identity is. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that if whoever should decide what your identity is, it should be you. Should the government tell you what your identity is? Nope. I mean, if you can be whatever you want. Now, I know Marsha Blackburn. I wish when, when uh, Justice um, Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson was uh, in, in her, uh, in her uh, hearings, confirmation hearings, and Marsha Blackburn asked her, can you define a woman? And, I mean, I wish she would have, I wish she would have been a smart mouth and said, no, can you? I know, right? That would have been great. And then when she said, oh, it's an X, it's a double X chromosome, she could just keep saying, is that all? And, mm-hmm. Well, and a woman, is that, and you could keep saying, is that all? Is that all? Is that all? Because <laughs> uh, she would have got Marsha Blackburn twisted in knots and uh, it's just like, so, okay. But this is what I was uh, thinking about is that uh, in terms of uh, LGBTQ, so I was asking a, a professor of, uh, of theology at Loyola Marymount University, uh, who's an expert in, uh, he, he has a, a book called that he edited called uh, Homosexuality in the Church. And it's uh, about 12 different essays written by different theologians about its, uh, they take different stands on it. And I asked him, what is the big deal? I mean, um, and I have another friend who's a seminary graduate who said that, uh, in the, the the Protestant Reformation, the two different the difference between Protestants and Catholics is this: the Catholics believe it, that biblical truth comes from Scripture mm-hmm. and uh, from the inerrancy of the Pope when speaking from chair. In other words, the mm-hmm. Pope, whatever he says when in chair, that is biblical. That's biblical truth. Protestants believe essentially that biblical truth comes from Scripture and necessary and proper inferences about Scripture. And I said, well, okay, like for, like, for example, what? And he said, uh, my friend said, well, he's a seminary grade. He said, 
Well, for instance, the necessary proper inference would be like in, in uh, Exodus, or sorry, Leviticus 19 says that a man shall not lay with a man as with a woman. And he said, so it's a necessary proper inference that neither should a woman lay with a woman. And I said, well, wait a minute, why? That doesn't say that. What if the reason that a man should not lay with a man happens to do with maybe hygiene, right? Maybe they were concerned about, about uh, you know, male penetration, but, uh, and, and yet, you know, heterosexual couples have penetration in unhygienic ways. I said, you can't, that wouldn't be a problem with two women. And so I asked this professor, what's the big deal? And he said, no, it's about patriarchy. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, um, well, what the problem is, is that it's not that all that about penetration. It has to do with one of the males in a male-on-male relationship is submitting to another man as if he were a woman. And that's Mm -hmm. considered shameful. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, so uh, when a male submits to another, that's shameful. Yes, he said, that's shameful. And I said, so what, what about Paul in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 27 or 24 through 27? He says, as women's, women lay with women and uh, exercise their passions. Uh, and he said, the problem with that is that two women exercising their passions, they're not submitting to a man. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. So in other words, they're getting their they're getting their yayas, but they're not submitting to a man, and that's exactly what the Republican Party is all about. Mm-hmm. Is you have mm-hmm. to submit to a man, otherwise we can pick on you, call you a lesbian, and have you noticed how many straight men think, "Oh boy, if you were with me, you'd turn straight, baby." I'll tell you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. There's roles that have to find, especially with the Republican Party. The man is a man, the woman is a woman, and women tend are in in terms of what Republicans believe, they should be a little bit more submissive. Let the man be a man. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's okay if it's if they're all, if they're in agreement about that. But that doesn't say anything about what other, I, I don't know why that should say anything about what other people should do. Um, I don't really see other than the ancient law of you know the uh, ancient jewish law of leviticus or deuteronomy that's not christianity i don't see anything in christianity about that and the other thing is we're thinking about abortion and where who do i get this from i think john fugelsang brought this up that the only reference to abortion in the bible is in numbers chapter 5 beginning in verse 16 if that that's not a rabbinic prescription for how to cause an abortion. So you scoop up this dust off the off the tabernacle floor and you put it in some water and you make her drink it if she's if you think she's been uh, you know unfaithful or, or uh, adulterous and she's pre- pregnant from adultery. And then if she is, this is the this is the test of ordeal, a trial or ordeal. If she is, then her thigh will fall away from drinking the dust off the floor. Of the, and that's all there is. There's nothing else in a, in the Bible about abortion except there is a prescription for it. Um, as, as far as I know, in Israel, uh, they have state-funded abortion. Uh, mm-hmm. So they do. The, the, yeah, the, the the Jewish state of Israel is not against abortion. So uh, I don't know, other than that, where the mor- the morality comes in. Um, and again, all of the moralizing of Christianity again comes from the Reformation. That's where moral. Because when you think about it, if you read the New Testament. In fact, if you read any of the Bible, there's not, you'll find 
written a lot more about morality if you just read uh, Aristotle's ethic. I mean, that's if you read Aristotle's, Aristotle's ethic, you will find paragraph by paragraph all ethical and moral things that we would all agree to, what we teach our children. These are all commonly understood morals and ethics. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see uh, the Bible telling you what to do or what not to do. The parables make you think about what's right, uh, but I don't think there's our prescriptions. Um, by the way, the law of Leviticus was not the Jewish civil law. Uh, the, the laws that they practiced, that was their law with God. That was the covenant law with God, but it wasn't the law that they practiced every day. I mean, that's what, you know, if you, uh, you won't find in there the reason, for instance, why they said, they had to take Jesus to be crucified by the Romans because they said, "Well, it's the Sabbath or it's the uh, Passover, and we can't crucify people." That's not in the that's not in the Bible. That's not anywhere. None of that stuff's in the Bible. So, it's a lot of what they are talking about. The right wing talks about in terms of Christian is them essentially making it up. I mean, it's yeah, and and also there's different types of study. There's some people who study more of the Old Testament than the New Testament. So it just really depends on what type of church you're going to because there's so many different types of churches that teach different things. You know, even like the, the Catholic still is under that umbrella. You know that of, of Christian. And I just read an article today that there's a, a quite a few Catholics that are going against the Pope because he um, was talking about, you know, um, accepting gay unions. Yep. So it's just... Well, it's a, yep. it's a hot mess, that, everything. Yeah, it's a hot mess. So that's going to have to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, good to have Krista on the air with me, uh, co-hosting this week. We'll have that happen again. And very nice to have all of you along with us and callers as well. Uh, uh, we would... Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, join us again every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Uh, immediately following the family meeting for Kitchen Table Progressive right here on AM 820 WCPT Chicago's Progressive Talk HeartlandSignal.com We'll see you next time.